Welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today's chapter, 2 Samuel 22, is actually a song. I don't have any idea how to sing it, so I won't. I will read it for you instead. David spoke to Yahweh the words of this song on the day when Yahweh delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, Yahweh is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold and my refuge, my savior. You save me from violence. I call upon Yahweh who is worthy to be praised and I am saved from my enemies. For the waves of death encompassed me, the torrents of destruction assailed me, the cords of Sheol entangled me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called upon Yahweh, to my God I called. From his temple he heard my voice, and my cry came to his ears. Then the earth reeled and rocked, the foundations of the heavens trembled and quaked because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils, and devouring fire from his mouth. Glowing coals flamed forth from him. He bowed the heavens and came down. Thick darkness was under his feet. He rode on a cherub and flew. He was seen on the wings of the wind. He made darkness around him, his canopy, thick clouds, a gathering of water. Out of the brightness before him, coals of fire flamed forth. Yahweh thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice. And he sent out arrows and scattered them, lightning and routed them. Then the channels of the sea were seen, the foundations of the world were laid bare. At the rebuke of Yahweh, at the blast of the breath of his nostrils, he sent from on high, he took me. He drew me out of many waters. He rescued me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too mighty for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but Yahweh was my support. He brought me out into a broad place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Yahweh dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of Yahweh and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his rules were before me, and from his statutes I did not turn aside. I was blameless before him, and I kept myself from guilt. And Yahweh has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. With the merciful, you show mercy, you yourself show merciful. With the blameless man, you show yourself blameless. With the purified, you deal purely. And with the crooked, you make yourself seem tortuous. You have a humble people, but your eyes are on the haughty, to bring them down. For you are my lamp, O Yahweh, and my God lightens my darkness. For by you I can run against the troop, and by my God I can leap over a wall. This God, his way is perfect. The word of Yahweh proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in him. For who is God but Yahweh? And who is a rock except our God? This God is my strong refuge and has made my way blameless. He made my feet like the feet of a deer and set me secure on the heights. He trains my hands for war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have given me the shield of your salvation and your gentleness made me great. You gave a wide place for my steps under me and my feet did not slip. 
I pursued my enemies and destroyed them and did not turn back until they were consumed. I consumed them. I thrust them through so that they did not rise. They fell under my feet. For you equipped me with strength for the battle. You made those who rise against me sink under me. You made my enemies turn their backs to me, those who hated me, and I destroyed them. They looked, but there was none to save. They cried to Yahweh, but he did not answer them. I beat them fine as the dust of the earth. I crushed them and stomped them down like the mire of the streets. You delivered me from strife with my people. You kept me as the head of the nations. People whom I had not known served me. Foreigners came cringing to me. As soon as they heard of me, they obeyed me. Foreigners lost heart and came trembling out of their fortresses. Yahweh lives, and blessed be my rock, and exalted be my God, the rock of my salvation. The God who gave me vengeance and brought down peoples under me, who brought me out from my enemies, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from men of violence. For this I will praise you, O Yahweh, among the nations, and sing praises to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. This is the word of the Lord. So our text starts really the same way that the text began. So in that sense, what I'm saying is the, the book of Samuel is one book as it was originally written. We divided in English into two, first and second Samuel, but it was only one to begin with. And really the book of Samuel began with Hannah's song, and now it's coming close to its conclusion with the song of David. So you could almost say that the, the book of Samuel begins and ends with song. We don't necessarily have the exact day here uh, as David in verse 1 mentions on that day when Yahweh delivered him is this a present statement or a past statement in the context of Samuel it certainly can fit right here at the end of the book uh, that God has now delivered him um, you could backtrack it to when God has delivered David from Saul more specifically um, it seems to be I, I would stick with the context side of this that this is later in David's life as for the song, he begins with three titles. Yahweh is my rock, fortress, and deliverer. The rock is a place of refuge, a place to hide, uh, to be safe. A fortress is a defensible position, and a deliverer, well, saves, rescues from enemies. So God is all of these things for David, and not just for David. He is all those things for you as well. He is your refuge. He is your place of safety. He is your fortress. He will defend you. He is your deliverer. He will rescue you from your enemies. And you see similar wording. He is a shield. That's, again, defense. Stronghold is another defense. Horn of my salvation is, well, the horn is a reference to the, the horn of a ram. You think of seeing a ram with their curved horn. It's a shofar, uh, something that you would, you can blow into. I don't know if any of you have ever had that opportunity to blow into a shofar, but that was their trumpet. And so the horn of my salvation is a reference to that um, sounding out, announcing, proclaiming salvation. God is doing that for David. 
my savior, to say it quite literally and plainly, God has saved him from violence. And God, God has done this. God has done so for David. God has done so for us. And that's the question we can then turn to our children to ask with verse four, what enemies has God saved you from? The big three we normally talk about as a church are sin, death, and the devil. So you can talk about those without a doubt. And the impact of that is far-reaching. Verse 5 and 6, metaphors for talking about how close to death he was as he had these the the enemies attacking him. Um, Sheol, if you're not familiar with that word, it, it can mean many things in Scripture. It can be a parallel to hell, a synonym for hell. It can also just be a reference to the grave or the depths of the earth. So David, if he says that he is going down to Sheol, it's, it's like he's going down, he's he's dying, and he's going to death. So Sheol entangled him. Death had wrapped itself around him. The grave was drawing him in, is the, the idea there. In verse 7, um, it's good to call out to the Lord, whether you're in distress or not, but it's good to call out to the Lord question for our children what do we call this when we call out to the lord when david calls out to the lord what do we call it it gets you into a conversation around prayer also seven the idea of god's temple showing up here which is interesting because the temple is not yet built david hasn't constructed a temple he doesn't get to solomon does we're still with the tabernacle the temporary dwelling this could connect us to the new testament to jesus who is the temple that Jesus himself is the temple, as he talks about with the Pharisees, for example, and says, you know, if they tear this down in three days, that he would rebuild it. And they end up calling him a blasphemer for it before they crucified him. The temple in this verse, though, symbol, symbolizes what the tabernacle does, and that is that God is in the midst of his people. And it's more than a symbol. It, it's actually true. God is in the midst of his people. He's present. So God has heard the cry of his disciple because he is present with David. And he hears our cries as well. He is present with us as well. All of creation is is trembling before the Lord's anger. Fear of the Lord there in verse 8. Verse 9 is an interesting picture. You can ask your children what animal that sounds like. And the proper response, I believe, there would be a dragon, which is interesting. Um, Every culture... Pretty much every ancient culture has their own mythological stories about dragons. The interesting part of that is how would so many ancient cultures, many of whom had no connection to cultures outside of themselves, how would they all end up with the same stories? Some neat stuff on dragons from Answers in Genesis, if you want to look into that. But that's a whole different conversation. Sorry, that was off topic. Getting back here, verse 10. That's a neat picture, too. With the song here, it's almost like you picture heaven's heaven being folded down on itself as it bows down. Heaven is folding down so that God has a God can just step out into the into the earth, into the rest of His creation before His people. Uh, darkness was under His feet, the sins of the world. He rode on a cherub. A cherub is an angel. Uh, riders that go out into battle, whether it's a chariot or a horse, uh, in modern times. Uh, 
they're more powerful. They're harder to defend against. So God is riding out on an angel. I mean, talk about hard to defend against. You don't have a chance. Thick clouds in verse 12 uh, maybe brings your mind to, to Mount Sinai as, as God appeared in the, pre, in the shape of a cloud, in the form of a cloud, a gathering of water around himself. Uh, we can think of creation as God separated the waters. We can think of baptism as God brings us through water to himself. That brings us to the Red Sea as well, which is going to show up as an image in verse 16 also, uh, that the channels of the sea were seen, that God actually parted the sea so you could see the bottom of the Red Sea in that, that act. With verse 14, skipping over a little bit, God's word is powerful. The Most High uttered his voice like the Lord thundered from heaven. Ephesians 6, we hear Paul talk about God's word as being a sword. So the power of God's word is undeniable. Verse 17, uh, the idea of being drawn out of the water saved from death. Verse 18, his enemies were too mighty for him. Even Goliath was too mighty for David. But he wasn't too mighty for God. And so God defended, God fought for his, his chosen king. God has rescued David. He has delighted in David. It is because of God's love that he chose David, just as it's because of God's love he chose you. He delights in you because he promised you that you are his child and that he would care for you. Verses 21 through 25 really are the promise of the old covenant. If we would just keep it, if we would just do what God has given us to do, we would live long in the land. Things would go well for us. We failed at that, which question for your children, verse 24, David saying he was blameless before God and kept himself from guilt. Is that true? Had David been blameless before God? And we've seen some of his sin uh, and the one that God ultimately hangs, hangs on to in this. And well, that the scriptures do and the sin with David commits with Bathsheba. God has forgiven that sin. God has forgiven all sin, and God forgets it too. Eh? That's talk about incredible. Verse 26 God shows himself, he reveals his character to his people. So, those who are merciful and blameless and pure, those are characteristics of God. So, to those people, God shows himself. But to those who are crooked, to those who are wicked, God shows instead his wrath, which to them seems torturous tortuous verse 27 there verse 28 is important you save a humble people but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them down so pride prideful people are destroyed but not prideful people are rescued or saved there's a lot of new testament connections to that uh, as well verse 29 we can compare that to chapter 21 as God, as, as the soldiers had called David the lamp. Here we see David calling God the lamp, which is true. God is the lamp. He is the light of the world. And we see that David saying that light, God lightens my darkness. The spirit calls us to repent. Christ forgives us of our sins. So our darkness is removed and replaced by the light of God himself. Verse 30, it is not humanly possible to do the things David mentioned, to fight an entire troop by yourself, to leap over a wall. But the point is that God 
God can do these things, and God can even strengthen us to do things that may not seem possible otherwise. The word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh proves true, is a true statement. Um, 33, God has made David's way blameless, so he speaks there of forgiveness. 39, uh, all of David's enemies fell under his feet, reference to Christ in 1 Corinthians 15, 25, as God puts all of Christ's enemies under his feet. Verse 42, the enemies of David having retreated are looking to be saved, but there is no other God. There is no one else to save them. They cannot be saved from the destruction. So this, is, this reminds actually of chapter 10, where the Ammonites turned to Syria for aid, and God destroyed the, Assyri the Syrians too, uh, so there is no one left to save the Ammonites. Verse 44, God has preserved his kingdom. Verse 47, David starts to sing praise. He praises God for what God has done for him. That can be another conversation with your children. What has God done for you that you can praise him for? And there's such a long list. Make a list. Stop and pray. Thank him for those things. Praise him for those things. In verse 50, David says that he will praise Yahweh among the nations. In other words, he's going to be a witness of God. As he tells the nations about God and what God has done, he is bearing witness. He is sharing that gospel. It's a good thing. The last notes on this one, verse 51, the, the idea of David being a foreshadowing of Christ, showing up here. God shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David and his offspring forever. David's offspring forever. That's the promise that a king from David's own family would sit on the throne forever, and that king is Jesus. He is the anointed one of God, which is what Christ and Messiah both mean. So that's our text for today. Lengthy chapter, uh, the song, and again, sorry, I don't know the, the tune, or I would have shared it with you. But go in peace. Go in peace.